0: Okay, um It's Tuesday I don't know what day this is of quarantine, but I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves Not going crazy, you know, staying sane Um, being safe out there, you know, washing your hands with warm water For 30 seconds Um, you know, trying to eat healthy Um, I want to start with this Sophie Turner And, uh, Evangeline Lilly's, uh, Evangeline Lilly's story. Um, now let me say this. It's been pretty hard to find, you guys know that it's been hard to find stories that don't involve the coronavirus. Um, so what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to put a different spin on it, on, different spin on these stories, when I talk about them. Um... So, that's kind of the stance I'm going to try to go here. Um, Okay, so Sophie Turner, um, she was in, as you guys know, Game of Thrones, um, in Evangeline Lily, and if you don't know who Evangeline Lily is, she is Tariel in um, The Hobbit, and uh, I think Evangeline Lily is really physically attractive but that's not the point here uh here we go this is from l.com and Sophie Turner has criticized evangeline Lilly's stance on social distancing during coronavirus outbreak Sophie Turner had some choice words for people who are not taking social distancing seriously during 2020s coronavirus um the coronavirus outbreak Taking to her Instagram account on March 20th, the X-Men actress engaged her followers in a live stream video on the social media platform. Uh, the video, uh, which featured her husband, 30-year-old Joe Jonas, and a couple of fun distortion filters, contains some fiercely worded thoughts on people who have recently posited that they value their freedom over the need to stay inside and practice social distancing during the pandemic. The Game of Thrones actress, who puts the word freedom in air quotes, appears to be referencing the controversial comments made by Lost actress Evangeline Lilly. Uh, I've actually never seen that show, Lost. I've heard it's good, though. Uh, On Tuesday, March 17th, Lilly posted a picture of a cup of tea to her Instagram account, with a caption and further replies in her comments section, which agitated her followers. Um... In the post, the 40-year-old actress and mother stated that she had just dropped her kids off at gymnastics camp. They all washed their hands before going in. I have two young kids. Some people value their lives over their freedom. Some people value freedom over their lives. Suggesting that she valued the ability to be outside and to let her children socialize over the importance of staying inside, avoiding, a large, avoiding large groups, or maintaining a six-foot space between people as governments all over the world have advised. Um, now le- let me, let me step in here. Okay. Let me, here's the thing. She was saying something that is true. She's saying, okay, cause it's easy to take what someone says and put your own spell on it and your take your own interpretation of what they say. Okay. When I, when I see words and I see a text, I take it for what it is. Okay, I try not to delve too deep into the meaning. Um, and I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And here, I don't think that she is trying to promote, um, I don't think she's trying to promote, you know, doing that. I, but I think she's trying to have some sense of normalcy in this. Am I saying what she's doing is okay? No. But here's what I'm here's what I'm saying. She said some people value their lives over their freedom. That is true. Some people value freedom over their lives. That is also true. So then Sophie Turner um Says, uh, you know, stay inside. Don't be effing stupid. Even if you count your, quote, freedom over. Uh, in parentheses, I don't know what it, what is it, in in parentheses, your health. I don't give a F about your freedom. You could be infecting other people, other vulnerable people around you by doing this. So stay inside, guys. I think... You know, let me say this. This this isn't easy for anybody. This is this this outbreak is hurting everybody in some form or fashion. Um. You know, I I look at it I look at it this way. I look at it this way. You know, you have people where it's like, okay, well, sometimes there. Sometimes there are decisions that you have to make where you're like okay well what do we do here and the the issue with coronavirus is because it's this it's a it's the first outbreak this isn't let me say this coronavirus isn't new because if you look on if you look on like Lysol wipes and you look at you know diseases that it, you know bacteria that it kills, you will find, uh, coronavirus on there. So, this, this isn't new, these aren't newly print. this isn't newly printed stuff. Um, it's just, that's why it's called COVID-19, because this is a different strain. But we really don't know what this is. And so... You know, people are kind of tense and people are trying to figure out, okay, well, what should we be doing? Should we stay inside? Okay. Probably. But it's like, does that mean that we never go outside? Some people interpret that differently. Fresh air, fresh air, fresh air for everyone is good. There's nothing like fresh air. Like, I, I don't think anyone can really argue with that. Now, some can say, okay, we'll just open your, you know, open your windows in your home. That is one way. But I think, I think it's difficult here. I don't think if I were in Evangeline Lily's position, would I have done that? No, I wouldn't have taken my kids to their class. Because right now, it's about the number one concern is health. If you're not healthy, you're not being helpful. There's nothing like having your health. So that's the number one thing. It's not about, you know, normalcy. It's not about, you know... Being happy and, you know, doing what you want. It's about keeping yourself healthy and keeping, trying to keep others healthy. Because if one person gets sick, that affects those around them. We all have to take, we all have to do our part and we all have to, you know, be cognizant of what we do. Wash our hands, you know, with soap and, you know, warm water for 30 seconds, you know, take showers. Try not to touch your face. And that's kind of that's kind of been the hardest part for me, touching my face. I don't do it a lot, I would say, but I have to, you know, constantly kinda of like remind myself I have to kinda of keep my hands in my pockets now, which is kind of the only thing that helps me. Um, to not really do it. But you know, this is this is difficult on everyone. But currently it's about staying safe. It's about Keeping yourself healthy and keeping those around you healthy. That's what this is about. We're going to get through this, but we can shorten We can shorten how long this lasts with everyone being on one accord, with everyone being on the same page and having the same goal. People want to get back to work. People want to get back to school. No one likes staying home. That's not fun for anybody. Even, I mean, even kids, they may, they may be thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I'm away from school. They're not near their friends. It's not fun being inside all day. It isn't. You know, you're kind of tense when you're, you're, people, because you, you just notice, and this has just been my experience, but people are just kind of, people in a way are nicer, but, you know, people are kind of keeping their distance they're like, mm. Th- there's just, there's tension in the air. That's what I found. And it's, it's not a lot, but it's enough for where you can feel it. Um, There's kind of like trust issues because a big, a big issue is this problem with people being asymptomatic, which is, you know, kind of, kind of scary, because it's like, well, someone in here may have it, they just don't know that they have it. So that is huge. But that's what this is all about right now. That's what this is all about. It's all about staying healthy and trying to find ways to entertain ourselves at home. Cause you guys, here's a, here's the a thing. I was talking to my my parents about this um, yesterday at dinner, and I said, "Look, I said I believe people are going to start going back to work in April. You can't just you can't just keep the economy shut down. You, people are going to have to go back to work. I believe there are many parents right now who they can't afford, who can't, who they have children." The children are at home. You can't just keep having a babysitter. That gets expensive. So depending on the age, they they look at their kids and say, listen, I have to go into work. Okay? Just, you you have to stay here by yourself and you have to take care of yourself. Okay? You know, try to stay in your room. Everything, let's just put everything that you're going to need in your room. Go there and go to the bathroom and that's it. But I mean, I, it's March 24th. I believe, I I truly believe that before the end of April, this is going to change. Even if the coronavirus is still kind of the same, I believe people are going to, they're going to have to go back to work. They're, They're going to have to. You can't just you can't just stop the economy. It may be a it may be a risk that people are willing to take. Because they're just gonna say, look, we can't we can't just keep not paying bills. You can't just these companies and one of the things that I've been hearing and seeing online is like, okay, well why can't all bills just be cancelled? Okay, well that's not really smart thinking there because there's a lot of reasons and what you need to understand about the economy is that everything is tied together. So you can't just say okay no paying bills. That's not how it works. Okay. Eventually bills are going to have to be paid. That that's just that's just how it works because to keep the in order for the economy to keep moving, it requires money moving around. And that's what, that's what it's about. I I personally believe, and I, I don't have any information on this, but just understanding economics and understanding people, at some point, and I'm going to say especially younger people, they're going to say, to hell with it, I got to work because I, I have bills coming in and... I just, these bills are piling up. They're not going away. I'm going to have to risk it. I believe people are going to be going back to work sooner than we think. Now, when it comes to kids and schools, I'm not so certain on that. I think it'll, here, here's where I think school's going to work. Here's what I think is going to happen. You're going to have, here's how I would do it. I would say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have, we're going to have um, seniors and juniors go back. We're going to try that for like a week and a half, two weeks. Then we'll do, then we'll add sophomores and freshmen. It's like, okay, all right, so... And then you just kind of see how high school goes and you just see, okay, how's it spreading? How are people doing? How's this working? Cause see, here's the thing. High schoolers, yes, they are under 18 and they're not adults, but they can take care of themselves. They can take, they can easily take care of themselves at home. That's not hard at all. Okay. And then you go to middle school. You start, you know, eighth grade. Then you do the seventh grade. Then you do the sixth grade and then you get to elementary school it's like all oh, right 5th and 4th 3rd and 2nd and then 1st and kinder and you just you just break those groups you do two grades for two weeks and then you add the the two grades below that that's how i think it's going to work will it be weird extraordinarily weird but i think That's how it's going to happen. And I think that's how it should happen. Because what you don't want is you don't want just everyone going back, going back at the same time. That could really be a disaster. And I think it would be a disaster. So the same with work. I think there are going to be certain industries where they're going to say, okay, we may have figured out a way to do this. We're going to have to try it. Because here's the thing. Even if it's not in April, what I'm saying is at some point... People are going to have to go back to work. And so we have to figure out, okay, at some point, we have to try to overcome this, okay? So at some point, people are going to have to leave their homes. They're not just going to hibernate in their homes for, you know, a year. Eventually, people are going to go back outside and go back to work and just doing the things that they normally do. So you're going to have these people... In certain industries where it's gonna be like, okay, the this group can come back. Okay, we'll kinda of change some policies here, masks, gloves, you know, you know, all those things. And then you're gonna the economy is just slowly gonna come back together. That's what I think is gonna happen. I don't think it I don't think it's gonna be all at once, because that, that wouldn't be a good idea, and that would just be bad leadership. But there's gonna be certain certain groups and say, okay, well, here we go. Let's it's you know it's our turn to go back. And that's just how it is. How when are we gonna get a handle on this? We don't really know. We don't. But um it, it is what it is. But we, as I like to say every episode, we shall overcome. And one thing I want to talk about is, uh, so Sunday, Sunday there was no church. We sh- we had our service streamed. We did it through uh, Facebook and YouTube. And so we just kind of watched um, from there. You know, there was the message. Um, there was some praise and worship involved. Um, everyone, you know, gave their uh, gave their tithes and offerings um, online. But the message was um, the message was about how the a way to look at this coronavirus is taking what we see now life as we know it has totally changed just in the past two weeks just like like just in the past two weeks our lives have totally been changed and my pastor talked about how this is god getting our attention the human the human family he's trying to get our attention and saying okay listen you know all that's important you know all that you thought was important has now totally shifted. Okay, he wants us to put our focus on him, and he took out all of the dis- all of the distractions, you know, sporting events, work, um, recreational events, things like that. That's all been shut down, and that's just kind of the message that he was sending um, when he preached this message, and it was it was really good. Anyway, um, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about right there. Um, So, let me get into another story concerning Harvey Weinstein. Um, Harvey Weinstein has the coronavirus. And some people are happy, some are upset... Some couldn't care less. Some are tired of hearing about his name. But I think this is huge. Because I think what it does is it shows... I think our reaction to this story shows our humanity. And it shows where we truly are. So this is from, um... TheIntercept.com From, uh, Natasha Leonard. Um... And it's titled, What's Wrong with Cheering Harvey Weinstein's Reported Coronavirus Diagnosis? Following the reports on Sunday that 68-year-old rapist Harvey Weinstein had tested positive for coronavirus in a New York prison, um, celebratory dancing memes appeared. People spoke of karma others bemoaned the possibility that the virus might kill the serial abuser too soon delivering unjust relief from his 23-year sentence there might be there might indeed exist some hypothetical metaphysical um compunance. i don't I, I don't know this word maybe if president donald trump contracted a case of covid-19 from shaking hands with fascistic brazilian president uh, bolsonaro But Weinstein's infection is less uh, karmic justice than a window into a sprawling injustice. The increasing inevitability of sickness for many thousands of incarcerated people held together in crowded and unsanitary conditions. I think this is huge. Because when this, I gotta be honest, when this outbreak came about, I didn't even think about prisons. I didn't. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It didn't cross my mind until someone... You know, I was looking, I was looking online and there was an article about, okay, I, I don't know the exact title of it, but it was, you know, with the coronavirus, what happens in prison? And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. I mean, that's huge. I mean, there are these conditions. They're not good. It's not clean. It's they're overcrowded. And here's my thing. Harvey Weinstein supposedly had like a whole floor to himself. He had a whole floor to himself. And if that was the case, I'm like, okay, how did this guy get it? This guy was like the most, was like the most isolated person in the prison. And he got it. So how many of these other prisoners have it? This is, this is, this is not a good thing. And you know, I wanna say this about um I wanna say this about quote unquote karma. And let me let me say this, and I, I'm gonna kinda tie this into operations. So just, just hang in there with me. So if someone rapes a person what is the penalty for that? What w- what would be justice? What would be saying okay, you've done this crime. So this crime equals this punishment. I mean h- I mean how do you how do you determine that? Some will say, "Oh, okay. Well, you know what? You've been raped." Oh well, no, well you raped, so now you get raped. And it's like, okay, well that's not a no, because now you're just creating a chain of rapes and it's that doesn't do anything. I saw many I saw many comments on the internet of certain articles and certain YouTube videos of saying that Harvey Weinstein, you know, that twenty five years the sentence that he got was, you know, um excuse me, twenty three years. That it was too long. Or it was too short. I was like, okay. Here's the thing. When it comes to humans, we think punishment is kind of subjective. Because we look at what someone... Because what you'll find, if you asked a hundred people. If you asked a hundred random people that didn't know each other. And just said, you know... What punishment do you think, you know, a rapist should, should get? What punishment should a child molester get? What punishment should a murderer get? You would get a hundred different answers. There's, there's no... I don't think there's any consistent answer. I think when it comes to murder, I think you would have more consistent answers because um I found that a lot of people believe that if you take a life, your life should be ended. I think there you would have more consistency. But I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, Harvey Weinstein has the coronavirus. And it's like, okay, first of all, I've spent a lot of time um, relatively a lot of time being sick and I'm not, I'm not like an extremely sickly person. I'm not, but I, you know, I've been in the hospital probably way more than the average 21 year old, you know, I've spent way more time in the hospital. Um, you know, just kind of, kind of things like that. And I have to say when it comes to health, There's nothing like not having your health. There's there's nothing like it. And to me, some are. I mean, to be happy that this guy has coronavirus, I'm like, what is wrong with you? What like what's wrong with you? Like, how can you? We have all been sick. We've all been sick. It doesn't feel good. No one no one enjoys being sick. It's not fun. It's not cool. You're not yourself. And it's like, why would you wish that upon someone? Why would you be happy that someone is sick? I think some people might say, Oh, that well, that's what he gets, and it's like, okay. I disagree. I don't want people to be sick. It's not fun being sick at all. I don't care I don't care I don't care if it's a cold. If it's a cold, it doesn't feel nice. Can't really sleep, you know, food has no taste. You're blowing your nose, your eyes are red, you're irritable. It's not fun. And you affect other people. It's like, how can you be happy that Harvey Weinstein has this? He can pass it on to other people. I think it's, I think it's just ridiculous. It's, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I, I look, I look at it this and, you know, the writer here, she's kind of, she's kind of interesting. Natasha Lennard. Um She said that she wishes Weinstein only ill. She says, she says, I wish Weinstein a putrid individual and her example of patriarchal violence, only ill. But the desire to see him suffer in a cell should not draw attention away from the mere pressing and urgent need to free aging infirm and vulnerable people from incarceration as the coronavirus is set to ravage these unprotected in populations I think it's I think it's interesting and here's the thing here's the thing let's let's take nazis for example okay I'm not comparing Harvey. We- I'm I'm not comparing Harvey Weinstein to a Nazi. I'm not doing that. Just stay with me here, okay? There are Nazis. You know, Nazism. You know that was big in you know the the '30s and the '40s, 1930s, 1940s. And then you know, the, Germany lost World War II, and everyone just split. Okay. So there are people who were inflicting harm and pain onto the Jews, onto onto innocent people. Okay, these people, these men have now gotten older and they're you know near death. So my question my question to you would be okay, let's say there's a Nazi who gets captured. Let's say that he's. Mm, he'd probably be like. 9 They'd probably be like in their 90s. Let's say he's like. Let's say he's exactly 90. Okay. He gets captured at 90. What should happen to him? Should he be put in prison. Where it's overcrowded and you know things like that i mean here here's the thing when we look at when we look at punishment how do we like i'm going to go back to my original question how do you know that enough is enough how do you know how do you know when justice has been met i i, I just find that to be an interesting topic cuz i think if you I think if you ask people the Weinstein question, you would get a hundred different answers. Oh, they should, you know, they should, you know, he should be thrown in a fire. You know, he should, you know, be forced to starve to death. He shouldn't, you know, he should have to go to rehab. He shouldn't be in prison because he's old. You would get, you would get answers from all over the board. I think It's huge. And I, I don't know. I just don't know. How do you, how do you know if a punishment is not severe enough? Like, like, well, let me ask this. What is the point of punishment? What is the goal of punishment? When someone is punished, what should be achieved? I got it like, because here's the thing. You put people in, it's like this. You put people in prison. Let's, let's, we hear, we hear about it, not, I, not all the time, but, you know, a few times a year of these people who are in prison, they're innocent, and they're exonerated. Okay. I think there was a guy who recently came out. He, he had been in jail, he'd been in prison for 15 years. He's released. And he's given money. How much money is worth your time? And I was, and I talked about, you know, how I would tie this into reparations. You know, people, you know, people that are for reparations, I'm like, okay, one of my questions is how much money is slavery worth? How can you, how can you put a cost on a human life? How much how much would someone have to pay you for you to give up your freedom? There is no number. And that's one reason I'm against reparations because I'm like you can't put a number on it. It's not possible. So that that's kind that's what I'm saying here. I mean, I just I find these topics to be very interesting. But, you know, you know, reach out to me. You know, you guys, you guys do email me. Um, Sometimes you guys will DM me. And I, I really enjoy seeing your answers and your, your questions and comments on things that I have to say. But it's huge, man. I, I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean. I mean, ask yourself this: If you were put in prison, say for ten years, you lost ten years of your life. How much money is ten years worth? Where you where you are in you know, you're in a cell, you're on a hard bed, you eat horrible food. You can't you know you don't really have a you don't have a social life except within the prison. You can't see the outside world. You can't work where you want to work. I mean, what what would that be worth to you? You can't get time back. You can't. There's no There's no going back on that. But I don't I don't know. I found I thought her. I thought her take was very interesting. Natasha. Natasha. Clearly, she clearly does not like Harvey Weinstein, and most pe- most people don't. But I do think she makes. I do think she brings a, a good point that people should think about. I mean, is there? Because I. I mean, I look at it this way. There are people, like with the like with my Nazi example, they get captured when they're older. Okay, you have a Nazi who's ninety. Well, what do we do with him? He's already. He already doesn't he already very likely doesn't have too much longer to be alive so do we just say well what you did was wrong and just let him walk i don't know do you hit him with his cane do you put him in prison for 60 days i mean what i mean what do you do because she's talking about um people i'm gonna where's that line but the desire to see him suffer in his cell should not draw attention away from the more pressing and urgent need to free aging, infirm and vulnerable people from incarceration. She she's kind of tying this issue to the coronavirus. I'm going to I'm going to remove the coronavirus and just say okay. Should there is should there be an age where it's like okay, well they shouldn't is there should there be an age limit to, to being in prison? I'm gonna try to I'm I honest I picked this because it really um intrigues me. It really intrigues me. And my thing is like, okay, she says to free them, and it's like, do you mean totally free them? Like their punishment is done and they just go about the rest of their lives? I mean I mean what do you do? Because, because she says to free aging, infirm, and vulnerable people from incarceration. Okay, Harvey Weinstein is aging, he's infirm, and he's vulnerable. Are you saying to free him? Like, 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 what's the move? Like, do you temporarily do it? You know, when the coronavirus ends, do you put him back in prison? Well, I shouldn't say ends because it's kind of always going to be around, just not as prominent. But you, I mean, you know what I mean? And I, I just, I don't know. I'm very curious, curious as to what her plan would be, and what other, what other people think about it. Because you're kind of just saying, "Well, we're only letting you go because you're, you're old and you're vulnerable and you're infirm." And what? Tech? I mean, what is define aging? We're all technically aging. Is it a certain age? Is it sixty-five and up? I mean, I ju- just how? I mean, how does how does that work? I don't know. I just find it interesting. I think I think she brings up interesting points here. I'm, I didn't want to go into the whole article, um, but I did. I did want to bring this up to you guys. And I want to try to get in touch with her and just, I don't know. If I could get her, if I could get her on the podcast, that'd be really cool. Um, but if I could just maybe just send her an email or whatever, because I think that's, I think it's pretty interesting. Okay, so enough about the coronavirus, enough sad news for today. Um, so there was, a I. You guys know that I can't wait to be a parent. You, you guys know that, um, I, I look forward to it so much. I look forward to the married life and just, you know, building a life with someone and building a family and building a legacy and all of that. I just, I look forward to it so much. So anyway, um, there was this dad who made a big mistake. So, his name is, uh, Brad Friedlander, um, and he was supposed to take his three-year-old daughter Brooklyn, that's a cute name, I, I like that name, Brooklyn, uh, to her music class. His wife had an early meeting, so she asked her husband to help Brooklyn get dressed, but that process wasn't exactly seamless. After Brooklyn managed to dress herself in a pair of, in quote, short shorts, end quote, Brad assumed his daughter was ready for dance for class. Um, but when Brooklyn got to school, things got a lot more dramatic. That's because, as it turned out, Brooklyn's short shorts were actually potty training underwear. Um, Eliza, which is the wife's name, was quickly tipped off to the dilemma and confronted her husband in a text conversation she shared entirely on Instagram along with photos of Brooklyn's outfit. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny because it says you sent her to school in underwear. And the dad, the dad just, he just made one mistake after another. He said, who? And and Eliza said, Brooklyn. And Brad says, she said they were shorts. those are, and Eliza says, those are training underwear. They are not. She is in underwear. Okay, well, don't leave them in her drawer for her to pick. I don't know. Um, And they said they were in her underwear. She said they were in her underwear drawer. He said, so tell her that they are underwear. Uh, she said she has never one time kicked those out. Uh, and then Brad said, until today. Man, it's, it's just, that, I, that's just funny, man. Um, you know, I, I just, I think parenting is an amazing thing. I think it's, I think it's such a blessing. Because, you know, you're going to make mistakes. I don't know if I could, ma- I don't know if I could do something like, make something, make a mistake like this. I mean, I don't want to jinx myself now, but, You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to be like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it, it, it's a great and beautiful process. You learn, they learn. You adapt, they adapt. I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. And I'm speaking as someone who's not a parent, but you know, I've seen my parents and how they've, they did their best and how they adapted through the years. You know, they made mistakes some worse than others they had really smart ideas um and it, it's that that's just how it is um i don't i mean let me say this i think i would make this mistake if i were really tired which i'm sure as a parent of a 3 year old you would be not as tired as like a newborn or you know anything, anything that young, but I, I, I think it's, I think it's funny. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just a mistake, and I, I think it's just a beautiful thing. Um, I kind of want to talk to bachelors right now. Um, if you're a bachelor out there, by choice, and you're just getting up there, and you've never wanted to marry I don't understand it. I don't understand your lifestyle. I don't understand not wanting to be with someone. Not wanting to be with not wanting to be with a woman. Ladies, let me let me say this. Um God and you may say some may say this is sexist, but this is this is in the Bible. It's in God's word. Um, So it's true. Um, The Bible says that God made women for men. And that doesn't mean that we tell women to do whatever we say and that we have total control over them. That's not what that means. One interpretation that I have of it is that God, God looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. He made woman be. He made a woman because it's like without a woman, for us us men, it art it doesn't work. Our lives don't work without women. You know, or I should say, you know, just having I should say one woman. Because I mean, just sleeping around, you're just not gonna be fulfilled, and you're gonna be, you know. It's going to be a hole that you're going to have and you're going to try to fill it. But there's no other way to fill it. But I mean, that's just, it's huge. It's totally huge. Like it, I think even Steve Harvey said this one time where he talked about, there was a, there was a lady who asked him when he had his, when he had his show, he had this, Uh, He had these segments called, Hey Steven, you know, the audience would just ask him some questions. Some were good, some were bad, some were just flat out stupid, but it was, you know, pretty entertaining. But he was talking to this one woman and he was explaining how he was explaining what I'm explaining. Not with the Adam and Eve thing, but just how, you know, when we, when men don't have a, when a man does not have a woman in his life. For a long period of time and he's just he's just by himself. It doesn't work. We don't feel good. We're not happy. It, it it just it just doesn't make any sense. I look at this and I'm like man I can't like I I'm some may say I'm a hopeless romantic. Um I don't think I am but you know I'm one of those people who I enjoy watching you know, you know, women reveal to their husbands that they're pregnant. Um, they reveal to their family that they're pregnant. I love seeing um, proposal videos. I'm just, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit that because I think, I think it's great. I, I think it's a beautiful thing the the family here's the thing if we want to fix a Amer- if if you ever want to fix a society don't start at the large scale level start with families because families are the single unit that make f- see here's here's what it is a country is only as strong as its people And people are in families. So what you do is, okay, you look at the family like, okay, well, what's wrong with the family? Okay, divorces, kids dropping out of school, parents and children not getting along. When you fix those issues and you strengthen the core of the family, by doing that, you strengthen the core of a society, of a civilization, of a nation. That's what happens. Family is so crucial. And those who don't want a family, I don't understand you. I really don't. I haven't met. I I may have. I may have. But to my, to my recollection, this is just off the top of my head, I can't think of any guy that I have met that did not want, or I should say kid my age that did not want a family. I can't. I can't think of one. I mean, see, here's the thing. You're gonna. You're. Go, you're only gonna make so much money in your lifetime. Like that. That's just the case. But it's like, man, you get to. You get to grow. You get to meet a person. You connect with them on a very deep level. You get married to them. You know, you build a strong relationship with them. You are intimate with them. Not just sexually, but just spending time with them. Just holding their hand. Talking to them. You know, whispering whispering to them. You know, going through crises together. Things like that. The ups and the downs. The highs and the lows. Then you come together, you know. And you have children. And you two are working together to try to figure out okay what does what do they need what do they want now why are they awake again you know we just burped them we just fed them what do they want and the child grows up and you just you grow and you mature as the child grows and matures i don't think that there is anything more beautiful than a family Can family get on your nerves? Oh my goodness, yes. But that's what it is. That is the... A family is just amazing. I think it's such a blessing. In Proverbs it talks about, you know, this is, and this is, I'm talking to men here, it says, A man that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. a good thing these you guys out there who just who who are not with anyone you just you have the desire to just be be a bachelor um the guy who um i had an the guy who i've done interviews with Jamie Agiri we talked um back when we were uh, living together Up at, uh, up in those off campus dorms at Sac State, we were talking one day and we kind of just started talking about family. And he said that, that, he's the, he's the one guy. He's the one guy. He's the one guy who said that he didn't want a family. He said he just wanted to be a bachelor. And I looked at him and I said, I said, why? I said, why? I said, why would you want to, Going, being by yourself gets old at some point. At some point, you're going to want some company. You're going to want to go to bed with somebody. You're going to want to talk to someone, you know, while sitting on the couch. Just having, just having sex and, you know, you sleep with them, they spend the night, and then they leave. Or you leave their place. That's not fulfilling. Children are a blessing. Spouses are a blessing. Now, you have to make sure that you pick the right one. And, you know, because some people... um, Some people, they just can't pick spouses. Some people, they just... They just pick really poorly. But if you pick... If you pick... If you make a good pick... Your life is just gonna it's it's going to be a blessing. It is and I, I just I, I don't get it. I mean when I, I've told you guys I've told you guys this multiple times, but the number one thing that I can say that I've always wanted, and this is where I've been most consistent in my life, is wanting a family. That, that's always been, I remember, I remember being in Miss Curry's class at, um, Calvary Chapel Christian School in Downey, home of the Grizzlies. Um, I remember just, you know, thinking and just like, wow, you know, I, I, I can't wait. I said, I'm going to have, I said, I'm going to be able to drop off my kids at school. You know, I'm going to be able to, you know, have a wife. I didn't know what sex was, I, but I was just like, man, that's pretty cool to spend, you know, a bunch of time with one person. And you guys just grow up together. That seems pretty cool. That's that's where one of my, that's been my most consistent belief and my, my most consistent desire. That hasn't gone anywhere. I can't wait, man. I, I'm telling you. Like some, some may call me a hopeless romantic. And if, if I am, then it's like, uh, well, whatever. But I, I just, I, I enjoy it. I can't wait. I can't wait to meet the woman of my dreams. I can't wait to, you know, bond with her, spend time with her, talk to her you know, argue with her and then make up. And then talk to, you know, have children, you know, try to feed them, try to figure out what's wrong and just all of these things. I can't, I can't wait for those milestones. And and a lot of you have reached out to me and said, you know, you know, you sound really eager, you know, try not to rush and try not to get ahead of yourself. And I, I, I'm, I'm trying. Cause I know, I know things come in due season. But I will say this, ever since I got out of the hospital in December, things have changed. Because I look at it and I see just how precious life is. And someone, someone told me, you know, oh, you know, well, you have time, you'll be fine. And in my head, I was like, how do you know that I have time? How do you know that you have time? How can you just say that? And I'm not just saying that I'm just out here just thirsty just trying to get any girl. I'm that's I'm not doing that. But I'm not out I'm not out here just, you know, having fun, you know, sleeping around, doing that stuff. I'm, that's not me. I am looking for a uh, a girl. Who I want to spend the rest of my life with. That I want to be the mother of my children. That I want to have sex with. That I want to talk with. That I want to learn from. That's that's what I'm looking for. I would like to be married before I'm 25. Or I should say, by, by my 25th birthday, I want to be married. Happily married... Financially independent in our own home, that would be my goal. You know, multiple income streams so we don't have to worry about money. Or, you know, if one of us gets sick, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of my goal. But that's, I, that, that's just how I look at it. You know, these, there are people who wait, cause Gen Z, um, Gen Zers and Millennials kind of wait to get married in their late twenties, men usually get married in, at like twenty nine. Women are women tend to be twenty seven. So, kind of in your late twenties is when you get married. Um, I don't think that's going to be me. I truly believe that I will be married and in my own home with my own wife by the age of twenty five. When I hit 30, I would like to have at least one child. But that's just me. And I, I, I really, I can't wait for that. I think it's, I think it's awfully exciting. If I don't get that, well, I will admit that I, that I would be disappointed that I didn't get married by that time, but I truly believe that I will get married. By the age of 25. I just, I can't wait for this stuff, man. I, I seriously can't wait. I mean, when you, I'll say this. When I meet the girl of my dreams, when I meet the girl that God has for me, um, I believe I'm gonna know it, um, pretty quickly. And I'm gonna tell you guys, I'm gonna be like, guys, I found her. And you guys will uh, be a part of that experience with me. So just keep on staying tuned.